You're listening to this week's edition of The Road. Here, we're seeing a real man, a real person who has struggles, but he's characterized by going for it. Because you know what? Here's a key to Peter's success in life. When he failed, it wasn't permanent. And so many of us, when we fall or stumble, you start condemning yourself, the enemy starts condemning you. And if you let the enemy keep you down and condemn you, you will stay down. You cannot, you have to believe what the truth says. And sometimes you just gotta say it out loud. Don't try to cover it, just agree with God. Yeah, that was really bad. At The Road, our vision is to raise up wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information on The Road, visit theroad.org. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, so we're looking at, the title of the message is called WWPD. What would Peter do? Seriously. I think a lot of times we look at characters in the Bible and they almost seem unattainable or unrelatable. Am I right with that? I know that's how it is for me. I just think, oh man, he walked with the Lord, he got to see it all. He, you know, he's all that in a bag of chips. The reality is when you read the text and get into the lives of the disciples, they were just normal people, just like you and I. And if we really realize that, then doesn't it give us hope that we can live a life that's actually beyond what we even think we're capable of? because of what he did in the lives of his disciples and believers way back then. So Simon Peter, you know, he was uh, one of the first followers of Jesus Christ and he was outspoken. He was one of Jesus' closest friends, was apostle, and he was a pillar of the church. He was enthusiastic, strong-willed, impulsive, and at times brash. Can anybody relate? No. Okay. How many of you are on CBD oil right now? That's what I want to know. This is Colorado. For all his strengths, Peter had several failings in life. Still the Lord chose him and continued to mold him into exactly who he intended Peter to be. That's a theme I want us to really take and go away with. Even with all his failings and his struggles, Jesus looks at us with our failings and he goes, I know who you're going to be. I know who I created you to be. I'm going to continue to mold you. You cannot outsend God's grace and love in your life. You can't. There's not a limited amount of coupons where the Lord says, no, you're not good enough. You're not being sanctified fast enough. Forget it. No way. You could have sinned last night knowingly, and some of you really did. And the Lord is loving you just as much now as he did when you were in church feeling good and worshiping him, because that's him. That is his character. Now, there's consequences for actions, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't change the agape love that God has for us, because he loves us. That's who he is. Simon was originally from Bethsaida. He lived in Capernaum, both cities on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. He was married, and he had a fishing business. He had two partners, James and John, and actually, Simon met Peter through his own brother, Andrew. So Andrew, when he met the Lord, he he brought his brother and he's like, hey, 
This is him. So Peter went for it. He left everything he had to follow the Lord. And that's in Luke. For the next three years, Peter lived as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He really was kind of a natural born leader. He became the de facto spokesperson for the 12 disciples. And more significantly, it was Peter who confessed Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God. A truth which Jesus actually said was divinely revealed to Peter. See how God Almighty's moving in Peter's life already? Peter was part of an inner circle of Jesus' disciples with James and John. And it was only those three that were present when Jesus raised the daughter of Jairus and, and when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain. There are several instances Peter showed himself to be. Now listen, what many people call rash and impetuous. For example, Matthew 14, 28, 29. You have a Bible, you can turn there. If you've memorized that chapter, good for you. I remember a guy who used to brag on how much of the New Testament he knew, memorized. I was like, wow, that's amazing. What part of it talks about humility? <laughs> I need chapter and verse there, good buddy. I love when Christians say, look, I'm just a humble person. I'm like, humble people don't say they're humble. Shut up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love this. Now, I'm going to read this story. You know why? Because it's true. Matthew 14. I'm going to start in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent them away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone. Verse 24 but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. It was being tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary and now the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when Jesus' disciples saw him, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. Gosh. And they cried out for fear. Immediately Jesus spoke to them and saying, hey, be a good cheer. Don't be afraid. And Peter, Peter, Peter's going to speak to the ghost. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Man, I love that. I See, I don't think he was being rash. I think he was being courageous. I think they were all freaked out at first. And then, you know, when, they, when Jesus spoke, he said, hey, Calm down, it's me, the one that's been doing miracles. Peter said, if it's really you, Lord, command me. That's the personality that Peter had, saying, Lord, I'll do anything if it's you and you command me to do it. That was what he was characterized by, that. So what does he do? The Lord answers him, said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he started to walk on the water to go to Jesus. Isn't that great? I mean, that's, that's pretty big stuff right there. It says, but when he saw that the winds were boisterous, he got afraid and began to sink it and cried out saying, Lord, save me. And the Lord waited for he wanted to see Peter under the water for a while. 
No, no, no. He wanted to see his dog paddle stroke. <laughs> no. It says immediately the Lord stretched out his hand, grabbed him, pulled him up, which means Peter was pretty close unless he did like the Incredibles, stretch deal or something. I think Peter just was going for it. He got right. But, you know, sort of looking at the circumstances around him. Don't we often do that with our lives? I mean, my goodness. You know, in some commentaries and Christians, they always kind of put Peter down for this. Like, well, look, even Jesus said, what he said right here, oh, you've little faith, why did you doubt? That's, I don't think that's Jesus putting him down. I'm thinking, I think that's Jesus like a coach saying, man, you were so close, Peter. What? You? you were rounding third. You could have slid in. This would have been big. You walked on water. I think he was encouraging like that. I can't see Jesus being, oh, you little faith, quit shaking off on me. I'm dry. I'm not the one that went down. <laughs> but can you imagine Jesus is walking back with Peter? I think he, I think he put his arm around him. He's like, you're my boy. Peter, you got out the boat. Now, let me tell you what they're going to do. They're going to talk trash for centuries. <laughs> Haters are going to hate. Don't worry about it, man. You got out. Just always when somebody's like, oh, Peter, you got the one who, mm, just go, yeah, these feet walked on water. You? That's the reality. We, we think these people didn't have personalities. Trust you, me. They got personalities, right? Just like us. And we'll read a little bit more, but uh. I love how when they got in the boat, then they all worshiped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. It was Peter who took Jesus aside and then rebuked him, speaking of his death. And then he swiftly got corrected by the Lord. Can you see how this relationship is? Peter does something great, then he messes up. Does something great, and then he messes up. Can anybody relate? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. The rest of you are lying. Okay. So, think about it. It was Peter who suggested erecting three tabernacles to honor Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And then when he realized the holiness of God, he actually fell down in silence. It was like, oh, I think I blew that one. And then it was Peter who drew a sword and attacked the servant of the high priest. He wasn't even a swordsman. He was a fisherman. He cut the guy's ear off. For you who don't know the story, you should read it. It's really good. It's he's going to protect Jesus from the Roman guards that come to get him, the high priest, right? They're going to take him. Jesus, Peter's like, this ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. And I know he's looking at the other 12 disciples. Let's do this, guys. Catch him. Let's do this. And I think at that moment when they came, I think he just drew a sword. You got to figure a sword is going to be carried unless you're opposite hand. Here, if you cut off the right ear of the servant, it was, it was a draw like this. But he wasn't aiming for the ear, just between us. No, no, I, th I think he was trying to lop the ear off. I think the high priest servant kind of did the matrix thing. Whoa, 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 and got his ear lopped off. 
And yet that was the last miracle Jesus did before his crucifixion and resurrection. He had to actually repair an ear. That's it. That's the last one. He reaches down, picks the ear up. Peter, really? Sorry. I know you're squirting. Hang on. Well, you think he didn't bleed? Come on. <laughs> the guy's like, I'll follow you, Lord, but your disciples are crazy. <laughs> I think that's what Gandhi said. <laughs> he goes, Jesus is good, but his followers are crazy. So here we're seeing a real man, a real person who has struggles, but he's characterized by going for it. Because you know what? Here's a key to Peter's success in life is when he failed, it wasn't permanent. And so many of us, when we fall or stumble, you start condemning yourself. The enemy starts condemning you. I thought you were Christian. I thought, why are you yelling at your kids? I thought you were Christian. Why are you looking at porn? I thought you were Christian. Why? And if you let the enemy keep you down and condemn you, you will stay down. You'll become ineffective. You cannot. You have to believe what the truth says. And sometimes you just got to say it out loud. The word declares that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin. If we just confess it, confession is just agreeing with him, Lord, I blew it. Don't try to cover it. That's the worst. Just agree with God. Yeah, that was really bad. It was Peter who boasted that he'd never forsake the Lord, even if everyone else did. But yet he later what? Denied the Lord. Once, twice, three times later. Three times. Denied him three times. Verse 25 of Matthew chapter 26. And Simon Peter warmed himself by fire, the third time, they said unto him, art that now, I didn't know they spoke English, English, art not thou also one of his disciples? And he denied it and said, I, I'm not. Said he even started cussing and bringing down curses and all that. He was, and then one of the servants, he goes, one of the servants of the high priest being is the kingsman, whose ear Peter cut off said, did I not see thee in the garden with thee? You know what that means? A relative of the guy who got his ear whacked was there in the garden, saw it, and he goes, no, no, you are that dude. Let me see your hands. You the, that sword, you just cut my cousin's ear off, dude. You the one. And that's when Peter heard the crow, the rooster crow. And it had to be a horrible feeling because it was three times and Jesus had prophesied it. He told him he would. Is it any, is any consolation to you that Jesus knows what sin you're gonna do before you even do it? Do you think you're gonna sin next week, a month from now, and then the Lord's gonna be like, oh my goodness, oh no. Oh, oh the, no. He already knows. And he's already, he's already allocated his grace for you in all those hard times, y'all. You just got to turn to him. One of the keys about Peter 
And if we go back to the walking on water deal, Peter, it wasn't about walking on water for him. It was he wanted to be with the Lord. That was his payday. It wasn't walking on top of the water. It was like, if that's you, Lord, come in, I'll come to you. He wanted to get to the Lord. Do you want to be next to the Lord? That's a key for successful Christian living. I just want to be near you, Lord. I, I want to know you. I want to be near you. It's never about perfection. It is about direction. Of course, the last time, the third time that Jesus showed himself after the resurrection is when Peter got restored, renewed, and actually recommissioned. Because Christ had died and all that. And Peter, they were all kind of, what happened? Man, I thought we were supposed to be. And I think Peter just did what he thought. I think he probably thought, well, ministry didn't work out. Tried it. All I did was deny him. Ugh. Let's go fishing, boys. That's what we do. And it was Jesus that was on the shoreline. It said that they had fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus, from the shoreline, they didn't even know it was him. I think it was an older man because since Jesus told them, children, do you have any food? They said, no, old timer. We've been, we've been all night, nothing. And then Jesus said, Cast the net on the right side of the boat. You'll find some. What cracks me up is they actually did it. They're like, how can it hurt? Let's give one to the old man. They cast it all of a sudden. Boom, a miracle happened. So many fish came in, they, they couldn't even pull it in. <laughs> and then at that moment, now here's where things get a little personal between in my opinion, John, the beloved, in verse seven says, therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, anyone else, does anyone else get that? He always, he always says, yes, you know, the one whom Jesus really loved. <laughs> says to Peter, Funny, it's his book. That's how he's writing it. I mean, he makes himself to be so spiritual, like, mm, tons of fish. Peter, this is the Lord. Peter's like, oh, thanks, John, really. Couldn't have figured that out. But there's this tension, I believe. It says, uh, but the other disciples came out of the little boat. They weren't far from the land. And that's what I love. Verse 7, therefore, <laughs> Peter... When he heard it was the Lord, it says he put on his outer garment and he plunged into the sea. He was about 100 yards out from the land. What did Peter do? I'm coming to you, Lord, right now. On top of the water or through it. I ain't worried because I didn't drown last time and I ain't going to drown this time. How many times does the enemy get us Christians with fear? Oh, if you follow the, if you, if you. Somebody asked me the other day, hey, do you ever get like nervous or scared? Actually, it was someone at a sporting goods store. I got me some updated young man tennis shoes. <laughs> and uh, 
I said, I, I, said, I, I kind of get scared at the weirdest times. You know, I, I, not, not necessarily when ISIS was shooting at us or mortars were coming in, because you're kind of all in at that point. Amen? You're like, rounds whizzing by you. <laughs> well, what am I going to do to stop it? Get in a fetal position? You know, the Lord's either control or not. The times I get kind of weirded out is when I'm back home and I'm processing things. Like, what, oh, what in the world did we do? Oh my gosh. You know, I processed stuff on the plane and started shaking, going, oh my gosh, I'm crazier than I thought. <laughs> Even last night, because I was trying to recover from last weekend and knowing this comes, and trust me, you don't want to be a speaker. You don't want to be, you don't want to be anything other than what God's made you to be. You get outside of that lane, the enemy can. He can knock you around. Last night, when I lay down, I wouldn't even put my head on the pillow. And I just got this just unbelievable rush that I was going to stop breathing and I was going to die. Now, it's very real for me. I come from a background where I, where I suffered and was dunked in a tub and, you know, until I passed out. So, you know, the enemy can play on my past to mess with me in my present, right? But I just got tired of it. I got tired of trying to figure it out. So I just got up and I got mad, quite honestly. I got mad. I walked in my living room and started praying out loud. <laughs> and I don't know if some of you believe in speaking in tongues, but I think I was. <laughs> People used to talk about gifts of the spirit, you know, but I don't know. I got charismatic, Pentecostal, Baptocostal. I got something. I was just sick of it. And guess what? I started telling the devil and his demons where they could go. I started saying, it's enough. It's enough. I don't care. I don't care. The lies. No. This is who I am in God. This is what the word of God says. And I said, you know, you threatening to kill me. I'm going to die. I'm going to stop breathing. Well, then I will if God wills it. Outside of that, ain't nothing can happen to me. And if God says I'm going home tonight, what can I do? He's God Almighty. I'm going to end up in heaven. So shut up and leave me alone. Peace. Peace. Look at me. Some of you would not let anybody poke you in the chest more than two or three times before you let them know how you felt. Even as a good Christian. Because, you know, man, why don't we do it spiritually? When the enemy starts throwing darts at you, telling you you can't or you're going to, and all these threats, don't keep listening to them and don't negotiate with them. My wife is so key. I mean, she'd see times I'm just getting beat up. And she's like, what's wrong with you? You're a Marine, a black belt? You would never let anybody mess with you like this. Are you negotiating with the devil? Maybe so, I don't know. And my wife's like this, you scriptures. Use scripture, honey. I'm like, that sounds good. <laughs> Do you have one? True. She's right there. She'll tell you. I mean, I get to where I was so ingrained getting pounded. And if you've ever got pounded or been in, it's different. Everybody has a, you know, everybody wants to be a fighter. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit. And then it's like, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I, you know. When MMA became real popular, people started flowing in. They were like, I never forget one guy kept saying, 
I want to spar, man. I want to spar. I want to, I want to spar. And I said, dude, you got to train a little bit. Like, man, he just kept on, kept on, kept on. Finally, you know, it's like, okay, got in the ring. Bink, bink, bink. We didn't hit him but a few times. And he's like, okay, I'll be back. Never came back. <laughs> Never came back. I'm like, man, brother. So listen, when the enemy comes messing with you, stand up, be aggressive, right? Use the authority God's given you. Pull out the word of God. If you're just hearing the word and you never use it, eh, use it. Uh, I posted a picture of me with a grenade that I would, I'd carry me a couple of grenades when I was in Iraq when we were covering children because we were moving them back to, and somebody said, is that a real grenade? Yeah. My gosh, I thought you were a missionary. <laughs> I am. This is kind of like intercessory prayer for the manifestation of evil. <laughs> That's how we need to be spiritually. When the enemy comes out, nah, nah, you better. He, <laughs> the enemy, he should hear this clink. And the wise running, click. Yeah, don't negotiate with the enemy. The Lord never did. And you shouldn't either. So, Peter, how does it end? Well, the Lord had conversation with him and he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? Ugh, feed my sheep. It's just this conversation. It was the Lord investing in his character, in his mind, saying, Peter, Come on, from this point moving forward, what you do has gotta be motivated out of love. And listen, I'm telling you what you need to do. Love the sheep, feed them, give your life for them. And he actually, there's a verse, you can read it. Because the Lord tells Peter, when you're older, you're, you're gonna, somebody's gonna, he was telling him how he was gonna die. It was gonna be a hard death. He would be martyred for his faith. <laughs> I love that portion too because it says he looked behind him at John and goes, well, what about him? <laughs> Literally, it's in the scripture. Well, how does he go? And it's like, what? He's like, Peter, it doesn't matter. Okay, he's gonna live a lot longer than you. He ain't gonna be martyred. Well, what about him, Lord? The one who's beloved by you, who puts his head on you, you love him, you love. <laughs> we were there, I think that's what it'd be like. I'm like, man, they gotta work this out. <laughs> Where the biggest change happens is in the book of Acts, second chapter. The Holy Spirit came down. Peter's life changed. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. Next thing you know, this guy who denied Christ and lopping ears, he's the first one to give one of the most powerful sermons or messages in the Bible. It says 3,000 people came to faith one day from him preaching. Peter, unschooled, uneducated, you know, just filled with the power of God. And people knew it. Wow. Maybe it's time for you to say, Lord, I really need to agree with you that I've got sin in my life. I'm addicted to stuff. I'm not following you. 
men and women, because a portion of women are definitely looking at porn now online. It, no purity, no power. It's that simple. It suffocates you. It's not that the Lord can't do it through you, but it just gives you an unclear conscience. And there's not a person sitting here watching or listening that has to be addicted to porn. If you have Jesus Christ in you and the power of his spirit, I'll give you a little secret. Jesus doesn't like looking through your eyes at nudie stuff at all. All he sees is that's his creation. That's not what he had intended. That's the works of the enemy. You can be absolutely free for that. Anger, you can come under the control of God's spirit and get your anger tempered and directed for God's glory. Because I, hey, look, I believe some Christians need to be angry. You can become so passive about the evil that's going on today. My gosh, it just grows while we say nothing. But the main thing is, do you want a freedom in your life? Do you want a breakthrough where God can use you in ways that you don't even expect? Look at Peter. It's not about direction. No, it's not about perfection. It is the direction. If you follow after the Lord, if you want to be next to him, and you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional about it. And his power is for anybody that wants it, young people and older. Why do we limit our kids to the power of God? That's nonsense. I'll never forget, I'll close with this. We like to put up a cross signifying Resurrection Day around Easter. It's been a tradition in our family. Well, we were living in California and we were living in, a, we had to live kind of in a gated community for some security reasons and privacy. So you think everything would be good? We put up a cross. Guess what? Satanists came by and tagged it. Satanist Lord. Da, da, da. I mean, they just wrote, they, they just horrible. And of course me, when I got up in the morning on Easter and saw that, I was like, where are they? Dogs, get, get them, get them, strike hard. And I, I was like, I wanted to handle it in the flesh. I went back upstairs, my wife, I said, honey, Satanists have desecrated the cross, because it's a big cross. My wife looked at me and said, I think they're like 2,000 years too late, honey. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. But I wish I could have called him. And then, because it was a big deal, I, I think a TV station actually came out, and was, you know people were talking. This big cross got there, and I never forget one of the neighbor kids came up and asked my uh, asked my daughter, "So what is the whole crossing about?" And our little girl went, "What do you mean it's about Jesus down the cross?" And you be say, and then she goes, "I don't, I never heard that." She goes, "What? Well, you need to." She shared the gospel with him. We brought him in. The little kid gave his life to Christ. The next day, he brought back another neighborhood kid, a big one, and knocked on the door and said, hey, remember everything you told me? He needs to hear that too. He got saved. Kids in our neighborhood started getting saved. My wife would hold a weekly Bible study for kids after school, giving them cookies. At the end of the summer, they all got baptized. The power of God. What does he want to do in your life, your circle of influence? Don't limit them. 
Let him do what he wants to do because he's God. And don't think that your failures will keep you from that. Follow him with everything you got and watch what he does. Love you guys. You've been listening to The Road. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. To connect with us further, visit theroad.org. If you are walking through a difficult time, we want to pray for you. Go to theroad.org, click on the Ministries tab, and go to our prayer page to send us your prayer request. Thank you for tuning in today, and be sure to listen to the next edition of The Road.